Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people. And when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating, but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this Legends podcast with me, Sarah Faruya from Sarah Faruya Coaching. And I believe that everybody has stories and there are many, many ways to lead a life. And I want to tell those stories. And today I have an amazing guest here called Katie Chapel. Hi, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Is it Chapel or Chapel? Yeah, Chapel like Apple. Chapel like Apple. Thank you. And um, so it's interesting because this is one of the first podcasts where I don't really know Katie personally at all, but we're in the same group together. And she just really piqued my interest because in that group, it's all about money mindset. And um, it's a coaching group with a woman called Denise Duffield Thomas, who's a, a really great money coach. And she and Katie just brings this incredible energy into the group and also concrete results that have happened in her business due to her um, her taking steps through that coaching program. And I just love that as a coach myself. It really piques my interest about how people do that. She shares her numbers and she shares her successes. And I just find that so, so inspiring and useful. And that's when I just one day was reading what she'd written and thought, I, I really want to hear this person's story. So it's, uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for saying yes, Katie. That's all right. It's my pleasure to be here. It's fun to talk about yourself, isn't it? Amazing. So I'm just going to go through um, your um, introduction first so people know a little bit about you. So Katie is an illustrator with a difference. <laughs> so she's a virtual scribe and live event illustrator, best known for her fresh wobbly illustration and giant live window paintings. She has created live illustrations for global clients, including Apple, Facebook, Google, Chromebook, BT, Dove, and Nespresso, among many others. She says her drawings are there so that everybody can understand what's going on straight away without having to sit through hours of Zoom conferences. And it all started with some graphic recording at a sustainability event for Edinburgh University in 2016. Now she specializes in online virtual illustration from her studio in the UK. 
She's here so that people don't die of Zoom fatigue or boredom. And she considers herself a spoon feeder of boring information, bringing people back from the edge of, oh my God, not another Zoom meeting. <laughs> Love that. She's also the co-founder of the Good Ship Illustration, which helps illustrators and image makers navigate a creative career, along with her pals, Helen and Tanya. And she's the gang leader at Bullet Journal Gang wonky productivity an organization for the easily distracted hello <laughs> so it's absolutely brilliant to meet you katie can't, oh, wait, you for having you. can't wait to see share your story with everybody all right so let's get into it so katie why don't you tell us about your background your ancestry your upbringing and your family amazing so to start with i um i'm in the northeast of england so i'm like right on the border between england and scotland like two miles north and you're in Scotland so it's a it's super like rural there's not many people live here um and yeah my mum's from Glasgow my dad is from this little town where I live Berwick-upon-Tweed and um I suppose like yeah so my ancestry is those guys I don't really know much about my dad's side because he was adopted um that's sort of like mis a mysterious element there um and my mum's family was like they're from Glasgow but originally they were Irish so they came over and then from what I've heard they were like very poor working in fields and stuff and there's a story about somebody giving birth in a field while they were working because the husband was like bedridden so they were like working to support the family and stuff so that I'm always really interested about that sort of thing um and yeah the that's all I can think of really ancestry wise is that what you were sort of yeah, that's brilliant. It's so interesting. So do you consider yourself to be kind of half Scottish, half English then? Or what's, what, how do you identify in that way? Yeah, that's a juicy one. Because like everyone who's from Berwick-upon-Tweed, they're very divided. It's like you kind of have to pick a side. Mm -hmm. So I feel Scottish because I was born in Edinburgh. My mum's Glaswegian. I know most about my Scottish family. Um, but then if I, if I go and see my Scottish family, they're like, oh, you sound like a Geordie, like you're not Scottish. So I'm in this sort of weird, like Scottish, but not Scottish enough, but then definitely not really English. It's very confusing. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people wouldn't really understand that. Uh, I mean, England, uh, sorry, the UK is so small, but it's so there's so much um, kind of cultural layers to it in terms of you know people the people who've been living there for like hundreds or thousands of years it's like scotland england ireland wales then cornwall also and it's just it's interesting to hear these layers from the perspective of somebody like yourself and how you get ribbed by your scottish family but also they're like you're a geordie now i actually thought berwick on tweed was in scotland so i was, I, I was quite kind of confused think are uh, going oh yeah I'm in the northeast of England I was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 so close to Scotland that like you might as well be in Scotland but mm -hmm. then like technically yeah it's even got a Scottish postcode even though it's in England and yeah that, the accents here are mad like even if you go five miles north people are full-on Scottish accents and then just that tiny bit of geography away and everyone here sounds completely different it's amazing I'm hearing both now which is interesting yeah, yeah I, I hadn't heard it before. Yeah, I thought I, I was only hearing Scottish at first, but now I'm hearing the uh, the Geordie coming through as well. So yeah, did you say you were raised there or were you raised in Glasgow? I was raised here, yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
I was born in Edinburgh just because that's the nearest big hospital. So like it's such a small town that if you want to have a baby, you can you have to go an hour in either direction. Mm-hmm. What happens next, Katie? So you've got you you've got your background. Where did you spend your childhood up there? Yeah, so I grew up in Berwick. Yeah. Um, and I've got one older sister who's a photographer. Um, so she's seven years older than me. Um, and then there's me, and then my mum and dad divorced when I was nine. Right. And my dad remarried, and my stepmom already had a son, so I've got a, a stepbrother. Bonus and brother. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where the family's all like stitched yeah. together. So then my mum, my dad, and my stepmom had a baby, and that's my younger sister who's now, I think she's like 16. It's crazy. She's okay. like, grown up so fast. Um, but yeah, I just went to normal school. Um, I was kind of like sort of swatty at school, like loved studying, got good grades easily. Um, and then, yeah, I was really into art and languages and music. Um, and I actually wanted to be a blues guitarist. That was like my main goal because <laughs> I used to play blues finger style um, guitar at the local, the local pub. They used to have an open mic night where anybody could play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go and I'd play blues finger style with all these old men and we'd like sing blues songs together and people had a harmonic. It was amazing. Like I had so much fun. But then I just suddenly got really shy. And I think it was when I was about 13. And I was just like, nope, I can't do it. And like any time I went to sing, I would just cry. <laughs> so it was like humiliating as a teenager to be like in a pub full of old men and be like, it's so emotional. But I think I just like, I don't know what it was I just really loved the music so much that made me cry or like I was shy or something I don't even know what it was but I just stopped playing guitar and I stopped singing then um in public but I still tried to go to college to do music performance um and I got like three months in and then I was like I'm just too shy for this so I was like I remember being on the stage and like (laughs) having my guitar and just being like this is not what I want to do like this is horrible I can't do this I just want to be enjoying the music but not like on the stage performing the music um so I went back to school and did my A-levels and I did German and art and photography and I was just like quite happy to get on with my thing there mm. um, so I was, I was still in Berwick at this point um and then I developed an eating disorder so that kind of set me back a year from school I had to take a year out to recover um and yeah the thing that like motivated me to get better so I had anorexia and bulimia and the I remember the doctor said to me he was like you can you can only go to university if you (laughs) you get better and I was like I need to leave this place like I need to get better because it's such a small town everyone knows each other and I think like as a teenager I just found that so suffocating and I was like I need to like escape and the only way to escape is to get better so that was really good um reverse psychology yeah interesting so do you think you've got cured of that yeah I mean I've recently started more therapy because I think in the like the NHS is free and it's brilliant um but in god when was it It like 15 years ago it was like they got you better enough to like function (laughs) And then they were like, you're better, goodbye. Whereas like they didn't like tie up the loose ends and get to like the psychological roots of what was going on or like heal anything. Um, so yeah, I was like 
feeling mostly better for most of my life and then yeah just like last year um started more like I say proper like more intense therapy around it and that's been like transformational for yeah. like even like from a business perspective I think like I didn't realize how much personal stuff was stopping me in my business I'm just writing on a post-it you note know, book therapist <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone should have therapy. I 100% I agree. And especially, you know, if there's, there is something really tangible in the background humming away there, like an eating disorder, there's, we all know there's something beneath that or, or not one thing, but many, many, many different things humming around. And one of my previous interviews was with a lady called Angela Ortiz, and she also had an eating disorder. Um, and she said she went to like a therapy group, but she noticed everybody was just coping and she did not want to cope she wanted to recover and yeah. become successful and that's why I asked you that because I just find that really really interesting that they whenever that was 10 years ago or whatever um they were like okay thank you bye <laughs> now you can function yeah. I also think that the idea of healing is quite it's quite Ted maybe in the last 10 years I've started healing hearing that more mm. acceptably would you agree yeah, I suppose you kind of imply that something's broken if it needs healed, don't you? So maybe people have shied away from that in the past. Yeah. Especially as stoic Brits, maybe in the past, I've been a little uh, shy yeah. about that word. I'm, I'm still playing with it, to be honest with you, but I love to hear other people talking about that their journey in that respect. Um, so you went to... I feel like I want to kind of dip in there a little bit more. What's the... Is there anything like what was it that kind of got you to to want to heal more of that and go into therapy? Because you said that's about the last year you've been taking intense therapy. Because I love that, and and what I also love, Katie, is like when you were like, okay, here's all the stuff. Um, speak to you. The oh, I've got to go to my therapy session. It's like I love that. It's just like going shopping or something. Now yeah. you know that's how acceptable it is. Um, but what what do you think it was that made you go do you know what there's more to this and I think I need to heal this more um I think like with business getting better and me having to show up and do big scary jobs and work for big clients like part of me felt like the terrified 13 year old that was crying at the open mic and I was like oh my god what am I so scared about and then it was like I'm not just scared about people thinking I'm fat. There's like, it's like, fat is not an emotion. We're gonna go, what's actually going on? Um, so that was like the catalyst, mm -hmm. I think, just realizing like, I do wanna show up and I want to like, show my face on camera and be on social media and illustrate at live events and stand on a stepladder in Regent Street in London and paint a big window. And I don't wanna be like, oh my God, do I look fat? I just wanna like enjoy it and be doing what I do. Um, so that was really, I think I just realized that I had to do more like digging and journaling and therapy and yeah it's been like a journey of trying like lots of different things but it's been I feel like everything that you do towards that you just get a little bit like just build on it yeah it's not like yeah so it's like it's better and better and better mm. can you think of a specific turning point without getting too personal You know, actually, like joining boot camp, the money boot camp that we're both in, uh -huh. that was like 
the moment when I well, like, because you you go through and you see what's economy class, what's first class, um, and there's all these categories and stuff. And I was like, hmm, self development therapy. Like, I don't know if I've really done any of that. And then being around people talking about improving themselves and people talking about um, like different healing things. I know that's an interesting word, but like different healing modalities and different kinds of therapy and different counseling and coaching that was just really inspiring and even like Denise who runs the group who talked about having therapy some of my good friends in real life talked about having therapy and I think whereas in the past I've been like ill therapy like that's disgusting I don't need that I'm perfect <laughs> as I am I started to like my brain started to crack open in a way I was like huh maybe there's something to this like I could I could do a little bit of therapy we'll see what happens I probably don't need it but it was like yeah so it wasn't like there was a dark night of the soul and I was like yeah. crying on the bathroom floor or anything it was just like curiosity and yeah. and also finally having enough money to afford therapy because in the past when I was a student I could have really done with therapy but I had like no money um when I was a nanny I could have done with therapy but I was a nanny I had no money so yeah it's like it just finally got to the point where I was interested and had enough money and was influenced by friends and influential people online so yeah it was a nice coming together of all those things I think I think that's brilliant and I, I like that you've mentioned that group I think many coaching groups like that they help they they it's not like looking at an influencer on Instagram it's real life right so mm. you know the work that these people are doing and why they're there and then all that kind of agreed upon showing off that we all do is just so it's so fun but also people are going yeah I did this I also did therapy today I also did it's 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 real it's it's real life and it's celebratory and it's well boundaried in there as well there's no nonsense people are called out straight away when they go off piste with what the group's about and I just I really love that you've mentioned that because being part of any group like that can be if, if it's well done by somebody who's as ethical and as um skilled and as um how would you say expert as Denise is then it's very it's a great place to be yeah and it's just like proof it's possible isn't it like pips you can see all these people that have done incredible things um and they're real people and you can like go and look at their profile and it's yeah. like the real person they're not just a business robot yeah <laughs> sponsored link yeah yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly uh so important so it's just that the importance of having those people around you as well and seeing them and the other thing that I love that you said Katie there was that you saw people doing it and you were like actually I do want to do that it's that shyness which feels like debilitating or crippling when one is younger and and just and just uncompromising as well I think is a, is a good word like what I remember from being in my teens and even maybe at certain points before I came to coaching was thinking that what's happening today is it like this is it kind of thing mm. and actually no no it's no it's not there's a lot of stuff available beyond that we have to understand all the things that go into making a person like privilege like background like upbringing that's why I ask all these kinds of questions um but it is available it is available to you know people like you and me who just come from nice quite regular backgrounds exactly but, but our backgrounds are also fascinating under the bonnet bonnet yeah. this bonnet boot is that right is it a boot no, or a bonnet. bonnet yeah you're going to uk bonnet yeah. is it a bonnet okay 
I've forgotten because I've lived in Japan for 20 years. So my English is all over the place. It's one of <laughs> that now. Okay. Under the bonnet. Okay. Oh, hood in America, right? That's the one. That's the one. Right. Yeah. It's actually, it's interesting what you're saying about um, upbringing and stuff because my dad is an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think that has also helped with my outlook and and he helped me set up my first eBay account. And that, like my first foray into entrepreneurial life was like going to the pound shop and buying little LED one pound torches and selling them on eBay for three pound fifty. And it was yeah, I was like fifteen years old. It's totally illegal. He's supposed to be eighteen. But it was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, but that's another thing, though, that one has to understand as time goes by is there's a grey area between the um, what you're not supposed to do and what you can get away with. And that's not, that's not hurting anybody. No, <laughs> it's just like buying cheap torches, sell them at win, a profit. Win for Poundland and win for people who don't want to go to Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> Posting them to the people who didn't have Poundland near them. Yeah. I, that was my first realisation. I was like, I can just invent things and do them and if I like package it up nicely and make it look good yeah I don't know it's it's not it's not like providing a transformation or anything but it was totally like my first foray into the idea of providing something and getting money for it and doing it on the internet and being at home amazing yeah my parents were supportive of that they were like yes do it well done I love that yeah, and having those kind of champions and sponsors around you as well, who can be like, go go for it and not like, ooh, it's a bit risky, isn't it? Or it, within yeah. the realms of, you know, within the realms of goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling like vitamins that are cures for something online or something like yeah, that. Like, no. no, no, no. It's a fine line though, isn't it? It's, in, it's a fine line. It is a fine line and there it is so and we navigate those fine lines and I'm sure we squiggle in and out of them from time to time as well oh so cool what what kind of business is your dad in he has a biomass boiler company so it's like renewable energy <laughs> um yeah it fixes boilers all over the country wow very boring but he's I've worked I've done this social media and stuff in the past during times when I've not been if I've not had any money he's been like oh do you want to want a job in the office um but yeah I'm not a fan of the office I must say that's not a place that I should ever be put all day nobody should have to put up with this all day <laughs> oh, thank god so um so you were 15 you were selling torches online what happens next so then you go to university as well so let's just I want to kind of bring the university chapter like through 15 16 17 and then you go to university where in Glasgow did you say I went to Newcastle Newcastle okay yeah so I started out at college because I didn't get into the art school that I wanted to um and Newcastle College was my like second offer and I was like oh that'll do it's fine whatever it's close to home um and I did animation for two years so it was the course was called animation and illustration and then they changed it to just animation and I was like I signed up because of the animation part, like really? the illustration part, sorry. So that was a little bit like having the rug pulled from under me. But then when I finished the foundation degree, I got straight into the second year of an illustration and graphic design degree at Sunderland University, which is also another city in the northeast of England, um, and studied there for two years. So I did like four years of studying in total. What were your biggest takeaways from that? Like what were your like 
big learnings? What skills did you accrue? What did you what did you do? I studied sciences, psychology and biology. So this is just fascinating to me. Oh, wow. It's like a different world. Yeah. <laughs> I think like the best thing I was ever taught at college was to have a blog. So they sat us down. It was 2006, 2007. So like blogging was it existed, but not everyone had a blog. Um, and the the tutor was like, right, guys, you're all going to set up a blog, open it, and you're going to write a post every single week, sometimes three times a week. And it was about our work and our process. But it so happened that I just kept that blog and kept updating it. And it turned into my like professional work and my portfolio. And that was like the best thing, the best gift anyone could have given me was like, have a blog because the... The search engines like it because it's ancient it's like yeah how, yeah four, 14 years i don't even know can't you ask long time years long. yeah 14 years of blogging wow yeah that is that's radical because that really really sets you up for the future doesn't it what a treat that they were encouraging people to do blogs and it keeps you accountable as well mm-hmm. so cool. good yeah and then that sort of sparked an interest in social media um and I wrote my dissertation about like what what effect will social media have on the artists of the future and it's it's interesting that now like social media is a huge part of my business and like having my website that's the only way people find me is through my website so it was like I was so interested in that and it turned out to be one of the most useful things for me now it is a beautiful website. It, I mean, I, 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 you know, it's really good. I've got it. I've got it open in front of me now. I really like. It. It's just very simple, but also just you can just tell it's really well done and really well thought out. And I can remember. I don't know if you posted something on the group that we're in or something, but something piqued my interest. I think it was that you'd been paid quite a lot for something you'd done. I was like I wonder what that is and then there's this thing of you live painting I was like fascinated <laughs> yeah and that's what kind of initially kind of hooked me to to connect with you a bit more and to find out what what you're all about and stuff like that I think it's so interesting yeah so university you've got your blog you keep it up what happens after you graduate university so you've already mentioned that you've been a nanny so I'm just interested to know what happens next. What what do you try to do, and then what happens? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've, got, well. I've got one of those stories. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is where it. So in the in the break of university, I went to be a nanny again. So like nannying was like this thread. So when did you life. start nannying? Uh, when I was seventeen. So as I just recovered enough from my eating disorder to be allowed out into the world, but I'd missed university enrollment, so I had kind of like nine or ten months to kill uh -huh. um and I was like I want to travel but I've got no money so that's when I went to Holland to be an au pair okay so you actually went to Holland when you were 17 yeah um which was mad <laughs> okay so Katie when you say like yeah and I'd recovered enough that they let me out of were you in residential care at that point um so I never was in residential I had out, outpatient um outpatient. care okay yeah so um, Go ahead. Yeah, so, th so they, they they deemed me like healthy enough to leave the house, <laughs> not to like to go and be, they were like, you can go to university now, but obviously I missed it. So I was like, right, I want to go traveling. 
Um, and yeah, to be a living au pair was like the next best thing. So I was living with this Dutch family and the boys were 11 and 13. So I was just like a big sister. I wasn't like a nanny really, because I was nearly the same age as them. Um, and yeah, it was rubbish. <laughs> I was like, I had to like cook and clean. And I think I got 50 euros a week. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah pants. But I turned 18 when I was there. Yeah. And I had a really good night out with other nannies. Um, got really drunk. But yeah, overall, two out of ten would not recommend. Because <laughs> um, that 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 just again, it's just like this is why I love these conversations because it's like, yeah, and then I was let out and I went to be a nanny. And I thought she probably did a bit of nannying in Berwick or something like that. <laughs> no, you went abroad. I mean, that's pretty like already I'm seeing like there's there's your edges are quite further out than many people's edges would be. Yeah, I think my mum's friends were like, are you sure it's okay to let her go? Like, you've just yeah. let her, she's just been really ill, and then she's, like, you've just let her go to, the, to a different country, and she's like, oh, she'll be fine. But I, I think I really appreciate that about my parents. Like, they've been very much like, if you want to learn a lesson, off you go. Like, we'll be here when you figure it out the hard way. <laughs> just do what you want, but we're here at the end of the day, which is really, it's nice. That is nice. Okay, so then you so then you graduate and so I graduate and um, headhunted by a marketing agency. So Ooh. it was a brilliant time. All my all my lecturers were like, "That's amazing, Katie! You're doing so well. We're so proud of you." And I was like, "Oh yeah, like I've smashed it straight out of uni. What a what a champ!" Um, and then I found out I was pregnant, which was not ideal, <laughs> timing wise, um, and. I didn't really understand that you're not supposed to tell your employer. Oh, well, I'm sure if you have a lovely employer and you told them you're pregnant, nothing bad would happen. <laughs> but I told them I was pregnant and a week later I was sacked. Um, from Whoa. this. Yeah, That's so I was like. Because people think that that kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. And so did I, as like a 23 year old fresh graduate. I was like, oh, I'll tell them and we can work out some like flexible working thing for the future. And I'm being so good because I'm giving them loads of notice. Um, but yeah, did not did not pan out. So they they were like, oh yeah, your job doesn't exist anymore. Like we've rejigged the the thing. Like so, um, sorry about that. Like it would have been difficult for you to work with a baby anyway. So I was like, oh thanks, that's really really helpful. Um, Coincidence that the yeah. job was going just at this. Mm, so. We had a family friend who knew about employment law and he really was lovely and <clears throat> supported us in like basically taking them to court for sexual discrimination um and I went back to my retail job selling bath bombs uh, in Lush so they were really good they were like just come back Katie, it's fine um and it was good because I hadn't enjoyed working in the office anyway and then to be sacked I was like I don't want anything to do with this so there was all that and then I found out that the baby had a, a birth defect that was incompatible with life so uh lost the baby <laughs> but it was all like you know like when everything's really going wrong and in hindsight you can be like it was good because everything that went wrong kind of led me to where I am today but at the time it was not good I was like <laughs> there was no hindsight I was just like what is going on this is awful um and all my friends were like doing graduate stuff and I was back in my retail job 
I had like minus money. I was in debt for the first time because I'd got a car for this job and then I couldn't afford to run. Anyway, long story short, I broke up with my boyfriend and moved to Italy because <laughs> I was like, I'm done with this. Like Newcastle's depressing. It rains all the time. Everything goes wrong. No wonder I'm sad. Um, I'll be a nanny because I know how to do that. It's easy. Um, and it was just like the nicest thing ever. I went to work for an Italian family in Florence and they ran an eco-friendly clothing company for children. Um, and I was living, so I had no bills to worry about. They gave me like a monthly pocket money that was decent. Um, and they let me help with the business as well, which was really fun. So I was like doing some graphic design and illustration for them. Um, and I stayed there about a year, I think. And that was really like, almost like recovering from the trauma of graduation. And it was just so nice to be like in the sunshine. I made loads of nanny friends. We got drunk on the wine you get in a carton. You know, it's like one euro. <laughs> We'd buy like cartons of wine and go and get drunk. And oh, it was just lovely eating pizza on church steps and going on bus trips to different cities. And yeah, it was like, like what, I always feel like whenever I'm sad, like travel makes it better, no matter what has happened. Well, come and see us in Japan when you when when we're allowed to travel again. It's next on my list. I was going to go in 2020, and then this yeah. all happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, how old is so? Where are we up to now? So, how long were you in Italy for? Um, about a year. So I think I'm I'm about 24, about to turn 25. So 24, about to turn 25. Okay. So at this stage, I just want to say that if I submitted the script you've given me so far to Hollywood, they'd give it back and go, I'm sorry, this is a little bit too far-fetched already. <laughs> We're not even at 25 yet. <laughs> yeah. I like to pack it all in at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, I'm sorry, can you just tone it down? Remove, remove something. <laughs> <laughs> can you make it a little bit more boring? Yeah. Oh, no. Pizza on Italian steps. Yeah. Eat, pray, love. Let's get that one in. But like, was, I just I had read Eat, pray, love. And I was like, I am Elizabeth Gilbert. This is me. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and yeah, that's there's, there's an element of real life to that as well, because it is somebody's real life. And this is your real life and how fascinating it is. So you're recovering from the trauma of graduating. You went to Italy. You had a lovely time there eating pizza on steps. I love that you've just pulled me into that story. Literally, I'm on the steps now. I'm drinking yeah. better wine. That's the only thing that's different in my story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then you come back to the UK or what happens next? Um, I go to Berlin because I'm like, right, I've nailed the au pair situation. I want to be a proper nanny. I want to be like a posh nanny for a posh family. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd been looking up nanny qualifications and I discovered Norland nannies that the royal family use. And I was like... I want to be like the best nanny in the world. Like this is not <laughs> this is not enough for me anymore. Um, so then I found a really what I thought was a posh family in Berlin, um, and they they flew me into Berlin for a weekend for a, like a test a test run, um, which blew my mind because I was like, you're just gonna pay for my flight and like summon me from Florence. Um, okay that's cool so they they did that and it was all lovely they had like a big house with like really really big fancy house um and I was like I accept the job and they offered me the job so I worked my notice with my Italian family and then moved to Berlin 
um, and the the Berlin family just got like crazier and crazier <laughs> the whole time I was there. Um, it was it was very much like the nannying that I was used to was very like fam as part of the family and it was lovely. But these guys were like, "You are the woman who looks after the children. We're off now." So it was like they would just go away and not tell me. And it, yeah, long story short, I handed my notice in six weeks in, and <laughs> I was like, "I'm so sorry, it's not worked out." Like you want a different nanny. I'm happy to train the new nanny, like I'll stay. I'm gonna make it as seamless as possible for you. Um, and they they were like, so I gave them a letter and then I went out and then when I came back, my stuff was on the doorstep and they were like, <laughs> I feel like I'm making this up, I promise this actually happened. No, no, but, I, I believe you because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, you've got, um, you've got 45 minutes that we've booked you a taxi. You can just go and like wherever you need to go. Bearing in mind, I'd been in this brand new city for six weeks. Um, luckily I had made a couple of friends like I knew some people off Instagram and I had one friend who was kind of a boyfriend but not really so I phoned him and I was like I hate to do this but can I like sleep on your floor while I find a flat and a new job um and luckily he was like yeah no problem like that's totally cool um so I yeah just got on a taxi and my clothes were still wet from the washing machine in a bin bag it was like that level of out now <laughs> um which was kind of it was shocking but at the same time I was like I've seen a lot of the real world now so like yeah I can believe this <laughs> like if this is like my other job yeah that sounds legit like whatever yeah um, yeah so I mean how did you how did I mean I mean when when we're much younger as well I think things can feel quite fun but how did you kind of manage with all this kind of like get out oh um now you have no job anymore like <laughs> oh I suppose you're talking to your therapist about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I was I was very much like just in the moment I was like okay I need to sort this out like I've got to find a new job so I just applied for all the new nanny jobs um and and I got one straight away like brand new and this family were really nice like absolutely adorable I felt like part of their family they didn't want me to live in which I really liked so I had my own flat in Berlin which I also found really quickly um and they were house hunting so they were they were like come with us we're going to we're gonna go to Cornwall and look at houses and we would love you to come with us look after the kids um and I was like thank you because I'm homeless <laughs> so that's perfect um and so I looked after the babies and got to know them really well because we were like in a holiday cottage for a, a week looking at houses um and then we went back to Berlin and I worked for them for a year while they were still looking at houses and things. And then they moved to Cornwall properly and they were like, do you want to come with us? Um, and I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to move to Cornwall. I've just made it to Berlin. I feel kind of settled now. I had a nice flat. I had like friends there. I went to yoga all the time and I felt very much like I was living life on my terms rather than like at the whim of random jobs or university or crazy people like I was very much like just in my own comfort zone so I stayed in Berlin um, and I stayed there until 2016 and by that time I'd saved up I had like a lot of very part-time nanny jobs and I saved up all my money to go traveling to Southeast Asia so I did like a four-month uh, Southeast Asia backpacking trip 
which was amazing. And I, I hadn't really planned what I was going to do after that. I was just like, I'm just going to travel and I'm going to draw and I'm going to eat tasty food and meet people and see what the world is like. Because I've never been to Asia. I'd been all around Europe and everything, but I wanted to see what the exotic, spicy bits of the world were like. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just like incredible life-changing trip you know those trips that like you never ever ever forget yeah that was that was that sort of trip what was the highlight from that oh, oh there's so yeah. many like, each country had like its own highlight um Bali was amazing yeah I really loved it there and I did a meditation retreat in Chiang Mai in Thailand where I went up um a mountain called Doi Suthep and then it was a silent meditation thing for 10 days and just that was mad like <laughs> I, went, I went on a journey <laughs> um like just being quiet for that long was crazy and all the different levels you go through and like day three feeling like you're gonna go mad and then you just go really calm because your brain sort of gives up and just accepts what's going on so yeah that was definitely a highlight for the whole trip I met a woman recently who did two months in one room of just meditation. What? She was amazing. I mean, there'd been a, she was part of a, a, a massive event. She's Thai. And there was obviously something she needed to get over there. Wow. You know, <laughs> the people you get to meet are just like, she was, <laughs> I mean, that story was mind blowing. So, I mean, 10 days as well. That's, that's, like but the layers and layers and layers very interesting I must um, in fact I'm, I must get in touch with her and ask her more about that so <laughs> tangent then so you do your four month southeast Asia tour yeah your highlights for Bali and the meditation retreat and all those layers that you go through there what would you be learning on that trip? Mm. I, very, I very much felt like like whatever I did it was going to be okay in that trip because I say I'd saved up all my money I had £1,500 <laughs> which to me at that point in my life was, was low phenomenal money. yeah 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 it was a phenomenal amount it was yeah to have over £1,000 I was like damn like I'm balling <laughs> like watch out world here I come <laughs> and I brought my flight home so I was like exactly yeah that was me like well the dollar bills y'all yeah. um I had my flight home booked I was like as long as I can survive until I think it was June or something as long as I, oh, I don't even remember May I was like I'll survive till then I'll figure it out it's gonna be fine and then it did happen that like when I was out there I got little illustration commissions came in and it would be just as the money was running out, a new commission would come in and I'd be like, okay, that's good. I can eat and I can find a hostel for the next however long. And it was totally like an adventure. Like I was just totally trusting what was happening. And I, I remember in Vietnam, I was in a 16 bed hostel and the, the beds had like curtains around them. So it was private kind of, and you had like your own little fan and the air conditioning. And I just, I think I got like a week and a half in and I hadn't slept properly that whole time. And I was like, I'm actually 
going mad now. This is me going mad. <laughs> I remember uh, I went to get a sandwich somewhere and they put the wrong filling in and I cried and I was like, okay, I need to pick a hotel. Like I can't, <laughs> I'm overreacting too much. And that was the, the only time that it felt really bad was like losing my mind in a 16 bed hostel. I would never put myself through that again. Yeah, um, economy. <laughs> economy 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 yeah it was like three pound a night i think this hostel you get what you pay for <laughs> you said you started totally trusting what was happening can you just say a little bit more you said you started doing that what when you say you started doing that can you tell me how that plays out and what that means mm, yeah i think like just because so much bad shit had happened i was like you know what I don't care. <laughs> like, do what you want. I'm just gonna go with it. Um, so yeah, just, I sort of like, I didn't give up. I just sort of relaxed, and I was like, that's what that was the change. So like before, I'd been like trying really hard and failing, well, and then at this point, I was just like, I am open to whatever you wanna bring my way. Like. I realise the world is massive and I'm this tiny speck on it and that's a good thing. Like I'm glad <laughs> that I'm a tiny little speck of dust in the world. Um so yeah, yeah, it was like I just did that. All right. So you come back and you'd already been getting little illustration commissions. What happens next? So my my dream <clears throat> when I decided that I didn't want to be a Norland nanny anymore, I was like, I would love to do a master's in my illustration. Like that would be really nice and I know I want to go to Edinburgh College of Art because that's my dream art school so I had I was like a master's at Edinburgh College of Art and it costs like eight thousand at the time it cost eight thousand pounds to do this master's and I was like well it's never gonna happen like I don't even I used to like write down my nanny wage and I was like okay if I earn 75 pounds and I save two pounds a week how long will it take me to save up eight thousand pounds and I was like Oh, 25 years. Okay, good. Right. 25. <laughs> just, you know, when you're like trying to make it work and you're like, it's not like, there's no way they'll just, but I, I kept it in the back of my mind. Um, and I came home and all my friends were getting married. So I had lots of weddings to go to. Um, pricey. Yeah, pricey. Fun. Luckily they're all kind of hippies and stuff. So it wasn't expensive. Like there's no like gift expectations really. Right. I knew that I had no money. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no no Hindus in like Bahrain or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And yeah, in, in those weddings, lots of good things happened. The first good thing that happened was that I discovered live illustration because I one of my friends who was getting married was like, Katie, would you just paint us when we're getting married? And I was like, Yeah, oh, yeah, might as well. Like, can I do it on the day of your wedding? Like get my paper out and paint. And she was like, Oh yeah, that'd be brilliant. Oh, I love that. Um, I've got goosebumps. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So I posted about it on Instagram and I was like, eh, live illustration, like I'm illustrating live. And then a little while later, Glamour magazine picked that up and put me in a hot wedding trend list. They were like, hot wedding trends of 2017, live illustration. And I was like, wait a minute, like that's, that's me. And then I think that did magical things to my website because having that traffic point from a big magazine made Google trust my website more like from a search engine optimization nerd point of view <laughs> um, and then I've i also hired, i've just hired somebody to do my seo for me yes, do so it. it's, it's lovely magic. 
in fact it's um jessica and i've just literally linked to jess i'm going to connect this one to jessica who i interviewed a few interviews ago um who's also who's a travel writer and she's um an amazing uh seo person as well anyway that as you said that i was like linked to jess <laughs> yes amazing yeah. yeah seo is like the the magic of my website yeah it's just good um, and Oh, sorry, carry on. No, no, it's all about you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I met my boyfriend at another wedding who I'm still with now. Um, we've bought a house together and we, like, yeah, it's all just very lovely. Um, so it was like all the good things kind of happened in that summer. And my great aunt died and left me £10,000, mm -hmm. which was exactly the amount I needed to do my master's. Um, so I applied for my master's and I got in, which was another shock because I was like, I haven't done really very much illustration. I've just been traveling and I've been drawing in these sketchbooks, but they were like, oh, we love the sketchbooks. Like, that's fantastic. You've just been drawing off your own back. Um, and yeah, it was just like, click, 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 click. Everything started going in the direction that I'd been wanting it to just via this massive like loop of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, and the loop of crazy. Oh, the loop of craziness. Let's have maybe that'll be one of your <laughs> one of your taglines on my marketing. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's life, right? The loop of craziness, and it just keeps delivering and delivering and delivering and delivering because we're humans. So mm -hmm. um, amazing. So you did your masters in Edinburgh. How long was that? So that's two thousand seventeen. I'm just a bit before I go there. I love this. Okay, so these are the little moments that I love to savor a little bit in people's stories, which is where your mate goes, oh, would you mind drawing us? And you go, can I do it live? And then you do it live and then you hashtag live illustration or whatever it was. And Glamour Magazine's like, ooh, that's, and then that, it's just like that little, yes, yes and, uh, then that, then that drives all this stuff to you. And then that, that makes you something these tiny things that happen that create something those tiny yeses we say yes to that then create something more fascinating oh i'm so excited by this okay yeah. let's move on <laughs> yeah i love it when you look back at it it's just tiny little things isn't it yeah and even just knowing that i wanted to do a master's because my aunt could have left me ten thousand pounds and i could have been like oh i'm gonna buy a car or yeah. I'll just spend it on another holiday like it, it was just I knew exactly I was like well that's the only thing I can possibly spend it on yeah so yeah it's just really <sighs> and was it a one year or two years masters it was one year and it was the best thing ever like I loved it so much okay um, and I was you know when they say like the student is ready I was like the most ready student I was like bring me the information I will do everything like yeah, it was, I was in the perfect space for learning and they delivered loads of things to learn and I just, yeah, it was like the best year ever. And Edinburgh's beautiful as well, isn't it? Yeah, Edinburgh is, it is gorgeous. And like having access to the printing materials and stuff. There's this courtyard at Edinburgh, um, can't remember what it's, is it called the sculpture? Thing. it's not a courtyard it's indoors but like there's you can smell like the oil painty smells and clay and oh yeah it was it's just like the best environment visceral yeah um 
best thing ever then so what was what did that give you then that that year I mean obviously I know for artists just being immersed in that and what you've just described there as well the smells and everything and just being immersed in all of that is is just so I don't know I, I, how would you describe it I don't it's, it's like I imagine it like you know the Bloomsbury set they all sit around mm -hmm. in London together with all their books and everything it I, it, I imagine it's something like that that's what my imagination pings with there what was yeah. it for you yeah it's the same kind of thing it's like just being immersed in it like you say and like everyone around you's got the same mission like everyone's just wanting to make the best illustration work and create a huge body of work in a short space of time and because everyone's paid for it it's not got that undergraduate thing of like oh I can't believe I'm at uni like, so oh, yeah. it was like that was all gone and everyone was just like I'm at the lecture I'm at the front of the hall yeah I've got my notebook out tell me like I'm gonna write down every single thing you say like I just loved that enthusiasm there was no embarrassment everyone was just 100% there to learn which was infectious 100% there to learn and infectious good yeah. so you graduate and we're almost up to present day now aren't we yeah so I graduated in 2017 okay um, and I think like the main thing that was it yeah it would be yeah it was like September 2016 I started November 2017 I graduated mm -hmm. um and it just gave me like a like a new confidence level like even though nothing really magical happens at art school I always tell this to people like in the good ship people who haven't been to art school are like I can never be an artist I've not been to art school um and I always tell those people like don't let that stop you because there's nothing really magical that happens at art school but it was having that space and that time let it almost like I was like I'm taking it really seriously now like illustration is my thing that I want to do and that's why I'm here um and it was very much like turbocharged my motivation and to see other people being illustrators and and I was like I want to be a lecturer as well which I hadn't really been bothered about before so and also having a master's in in the in the art education world all you need is a master's degree and then you can teach like anyone um so but yeah it, everything went really fast after that <laughs> so I like I left um Edinburgh College of Art and I got my first lecturing job offer the next summer. Um, what was it? Yeah, it was the next summer. But in the intervening six months, it was that sort of like time, another kind of dark time where I like had no work coming in because I'd been so focused on studying and making work that I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> so I had some weird jobs in that time. I was a English teacher for an online Chinese company teaching Chinese children English mm -hmm. which was pretty grim and I was a nanny again for various people um I even looked at becoming a cleaner and that's like I hate cleaning it was I was just like I need money to like survive yeah <laughs> survival <laughs> level job hunting um but then part of me was like it's I'm gonna make it work somehow like I just know it's about to it's about to work and then the lecturing job offer came in and that was a big step up from nanny wage it was like four four and a half times my nanny wage per hour and then they also paid for planning time which was really good but the job was like a five hour round trip 
away from my house, which was ridiculous. Um, but I did it because I was like, I really want to do this. This is like on my, it was on my previous dream thing. So I, and, but in my car, during those car journeys, I would listen to audiobooks, and I just like immersed my brain in everything that I possibly could. So I had like Jen Sincero, is it Sincero or Sincero? You are a badass. It's a yeah. Really good book. Yeah. Um, all of Denise's books. I had, um, the really old ones by Earl Nightingale, Lead the Field. Okay. Those are the ones my dad used to listen to when we were okay. going up. And they're really good. They're like, it's a, an American man and he talks like this. And he tells you <laughs> the only thing you need in life is a good attitude. And it's just, there's something about it. I find it really comforting. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just driving to uni and filling my brain with all of this good stuff. Like prepping myself. I was like, I'm going to make it work. I don't know how, but it's going to work somehow. Um, and then it was, yeah, like loads of little things happened. Like I had a car and then the car was breaking down and then dad offered me a job in the office and he offered me a van if I wanted to use a van. So I was driving a van for a while, but then he turned around and he was like, oh, I need the van back. And I was like, oh man, like I really need to get my own car. Um, so I bought my own car and it was another really like a beat up ancient car but it was slightly better than the previous car. And I did things like I got a hands-free kit to clip onto the windshield, like the sun visor so that I could listen to audiobooks while I was driving. And yeah, I just tried to like pimp it out a little bit. <laughs> so it was like my the car that bridged me from like being, having nothing to having something was this, it was a Ford Fusion, brilliant cars, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, Shout out to Ford. Um, yeah. <laughs> all the way and then in January I think it was uh, Denise's course the boot camp came up and I was like hmm maybe that's a good time I'd been on a list for ages it felt like and and then that was the beginning of like the really taking myself seriously and being like okay I want to actually have some goals and sort my money stuff out because I saw that I just even if I got money I would spend it all straight away I didn't feel comfortable having savings I kept getting credit cards, even though I didn't really need that. Like just little things that was like, I was never disastrous with money, but I wasn't good with money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I hear you with that. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I know a few people that are like, I was in 30,000 pounds of debt. Blah, blah, and it was never like that. It was very like, oh, I've got 800 pounds on a credit card. I could pay it off, but I'm just not like, it was weird things like that. Yeah. So, but it's still it, it's still difficult to get to zero I think unless you've got some guidance and yeah. I think the great thing about the the boot camp that we're in the money boot camp that we're in is that it's it's oriented it's oriented for women and so mm -hmm. it's very um it kind of understands the way that people certain especially creatives minds work there's a lot of creative people in there isn't there a lot of coaches a lot of people who are just not naturally given to that stuff and breaks it down really really easily so what was it about so so where are you now then I mean are you still lecturing are you have you fully transitioned over into what happened in the last three years besides buying your pimp in your ride and, and uh, where did you know where I met Denise I met Denise face to face that's how I was introduced to her nine years ago at, in New York at, um, have you heard of Marie Forleo yes Okay, yeah, three folios, live event, rich, happy, and hot live. Because when I 
because when I quit my job, my last job that I had in 2012, I literally got on a plane the next day, like I think it was five o'clock in the morning, a plane flight, then to Korea and then to New York and went to this three day conference, Rich Happy and Hot Live with Marie Forleo. I got stuck in Hurricane Sandy and had to stay there for an extra week. But anyway, and um, and um, I actually met Denise face to face there, which was which is that's my introduction to her. And I just kind of followed her over the years and then joined B School and used her um, affiliate link and then got bootcamp for free. If that makes sense. And B, B, B School, I mean, that's like I did B School seven years after going to the event in New York um, and I just got it because I just wanted to not not have done it <laughs> but it, as it happens boot camp's been more rich for me than than no actually they've both been really good but like yeah boot camp's been the one that's made, really kind of take captured my imagination and one that I'm going to focus on from now on because I just really like I like I like the people like you in there I'm not flatter I'm not flattering you that's why I invited you to to do this I just love the way that Denise is so clear about what happens in there. Yeah, I like that too. Like those boundaries are so important. Yes, mate. Yeah. And I think like starting my own courses, I've always like, Denise is like a, a role model for setting really good boundaries and being like, this is okay, this is not okay. This is what this group is for. It's yeah, just, yeah it's really inspiring. Yeah, this is um, yeah. even just this last week, I saw a write on somebody's post. Hey, sweetie, this isn't really what this is for. Keep it focused on boot camp. It's like, yeah. yeah, just so polite and kind and straightforward and just calling people in on that stuff. All right. So what are you doing now? Are you still lecturing? What's happening? So, so excited. I, I lecturing this year. So this has been the year that I've gone fully. I'm just a creative now, which is it's brilliant, really, to be because I could have done that and had no money, but I'm doing that. And I've got a good income, which is blows my mind, really, when Six I think of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah which is insane insane like I was earning eight thousand pounds a year and I was like this is fine like this is enough money and then when I get that for like a one job or like it's just it just yeah it's crazy I was I still feel really shy about talking about money outside that's fine so uh, but it's I, totally okay it's just like my own thing I don't even know why because like really honestly I, I well maybe Casey there's a little bit of well for starters six figures isn't it, it's it's enormous for it's enormous in some respects but it's also I always say like because I live I used to live in Tokyo I live an hour outside Tokyo now it's like there is so much money in Tokyo there's billions and billions and billions of dollars in Tokyo and some of it's mine now I can yeah. go for ten thousand pounds a year or a hundred thousand pounds a year there's not that much in terms of how much money there is in Tokyo that's that and that's that do you see what yeah. I mean? So but crazy. I think when we have done jobs and when we have not been born into wealth, like massive wealth, like don't get me wrong, I come from, my mum and dad are both teachers, so I've always been well looked after and had a very nice life. But just mm. imagining stuff beyond that can sometimes, and also because you know that a lot of people are still on £8,000 a year or £10,000 a year or £15,000 a year. So my most generous judgment on that for myself and for you is that it's just being mindful not to be too um, insensitive to the, the full range of uh, of salaries that happen maybe that's yeah. my most generous does that make sense at all it does yeah totally and I think especially 
if it hadn't if this year hadn't been the way it was I might have been a bit more like woohoo like six figures but because I know like people are being made redundant around me yes with a lot of like very real results that I can see in my world I'm just like I'll just quietly toot my little horn over here like I'm really excited about this yeah 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 if you want me to take this out the conversation I'm happy to no, it's fine. Leave it. On the other hand, I think it's also nice to, to celebrate and to help people to understand what is available. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I would have buzzed off watching or listening to a podcast of somebody. If I if I could have listened to a podcast of an illustrator saying, I've earned £115,000 in one year. Like, if I'd heard that in 2016, I would have been like, are you for real like what this, is yeah. this possible like that would have actually blown my mind and there's just so much money I mean if you've named some of your clients there for example Apple and stuff hundred thousand pounds to that company is you know it's a Christmas party exactly that's just the boom I, went, I was working at one event and um they sent every attendee an iPhone I was like what right they, they, yeah, but it's just like it is yeah it's, it's really nice to see that there is that much money in the world like we do like the world is so abundant when you see it in certain lights and certain angles yeah and that's why things like boot camp are so important to help to adjust in that way for people like people like you and I um good so how are you what are you doing now to generate your uh, uh, we can kind of start to land now what what are you doing yeah. now and what's going to go on in the future and what are your words of wisdom that's where we're we're going now yeah so I was lecturing for two and a half years I think in total so I finished this summer um I tried to finish in January and then they were like like Covid happened and they were like please could you teach online so I was like okay that's fine um and then this year we set up the Good Ship Illustration so we run courses for illustrators which has been one income stream Mm -hmm. Um, and my live illustration has been like wilds this year so like uh, in January I worked for Google for the first time and then in February I was flown to Amsterdam to draw live which was incredible I'd had that on my list I was like I want to I want to live illustrate internationally and that was the first one where I went in person and then Covid happened and like all my jobs have been international pretty much but just from from my computer so you got to be specific with what you ask for um, <laughs> like zoom calls are not the same as flying there universe just so you yeah. know <laughs> yeah uh, i suppose maybe this counts as going to japan as well that was also on my list <laughs> um and i also set a bullet journal gang because i used to teach bullet journal workshops in person and i was i was just like oh i could totally do this online like let's see if that works and it did work really well um and it turns out like quite a lot of people want to join in with my wonky way of planning and like imperfect planning that's not corporate and it's not for like middle-aged men it's just like getting the stuff down and organized in a way that works for your own creative brain so that's been really fun to set up amazing i'm 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 i'm, I'm actually on your website now going through the good ship illustration oh, i just love it so lush and um so what happens next then and so this is how you this is where you're getting your your income stream so tell me just a little bit about your income streams I don't need to know any figures I just want to I'm just interested to know how you've structured your business yeah so the um the live illustration is obviously all mine 
um, because it's just me in the business. I hire a VA part-time. Um, so I have five hours of help a month from her. She's amazing. She helps me set up systems and streamline things and do all the stuff that I'm either terrible at or just don't want to do. <laughs> so like finding receipts and like, <laughs> uh, like ticking boxes and spreadsheets and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, the live illustration is all mine. And I get all my inquiries through my website. I don't cold call anybody. I learned about human design this year and I'm a projector. And apparently the best thing for projectors is to wait for the invitation. So I feel like letting people find my website and then contact me always works so much better than me being like, I want to work with Hello? you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's me from Northumberland. Yeah, like that's... I'll oh, no, let you back on the stage with oh, the guitar again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I want them to be like, we want you, come and work for us. And I'm like, okay then, if I'm available. So that, like that works so much better. Love it. Um, and then the, I have my bullet journal gang as an evergreen course. People can just jump in anytime. So that's a nice little constant trickle mm-hmm. rather than doing launches and stuff. So I focus all my launch energy on the good ship with Helen and Tanya. So we do, it's been like every three months or so. We had one in, maybe more than that. It's like June, July, and then October, November, and then the next one's going to be next year. Um, four, so the four-week course is. So you said the ones. Which one's evergreen? Sorry. Uh, the, the journal. Sorry. Is, what does sorry. evergreen mean? Uh, oh, so yeah, evergreen. Yeah, <laughs> evergreen is just like it's always open. You can always join. Like an evergreen green tree is always green. Mm-hmm. anybody can hop in at any time and right. it's not dependent on you being present exactly yeah it's totally passive like um people just do it themselves and I'm in the Facebook group chatting to people and I do lives in there sometimes and little extra workshops um and yeah the good ship we do launches so the doors like actually close so you cannot yeah. join unless we open and then we do a big launch and we send a billion emails and go live all the time and get everyone and all excited and and it's exhausting, but it's really fun yeah. to do it that way because the energy just like gets everyone going and yeah, it's been, and that's, that's pretty much it. So yeah, it's like Good Ship, Live Illustration and Bullet Journal Gang are my three income streams. Amazing. And what's next then? What's, what's in your five and 10 year dream and vision? What's in your mind's eye? It's so hard to know. Like I, I, I would. I've, start, I've started playing with the idea of starting an agency because the live illustration inquiries are getting more than I can do myself. So it would be really fun to figure out a way that I can like get the inquiries and then send them out to other people who do what I do. Because I feel like I'm saying no to so many people, I feel a little bit like I'm wasting <laughs> all these inquiries when I could be like taking them and feeding them to other people. So that's in the plans. Um, we're going to write more courses for the good ship next year. We've got two courses planned, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, more live illustration, really. I've also got a new productivity idea of like a mini product because bullet journal gangs are 97 pounds and I wanted to do like a little sort of 27 pound taster, like a little that I can just set up, run Facebook ads to. And that's beautiful as well. I've been thinking about this in my own business too, because then that reaches people who may not have even ninety-seven pounds to 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 spare, and that comes back to that kind of modesty and humility around money, perhaps. 
Uh, I'm yeah. just tying that in myself to, because I'm thinking about this an awful lot. This year has been one of those years where you think about this kind of stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, while at the same time still being able to run my a very lucrative and lovely and lush business where we're serving people in the best possible way we can. So love it. What are your, then you've just, you've just taken me through your whole life and back <laughs> through the ancestry and you've just listened to yourself. What do you think is your, what would you kind of impart on our listeners and viewers today? <laughs> I don't even know. I think yeah. it's really important to have like a, it's too cheesy to say to have a dream, but like to just kind of know what you want. Like that's really important because when you don't know what you want, I feel like life will just sweep you along and maybe kick you a little bit on the way. <laughs> Whereas if you know what you want, you're more likely to be swimming in that direction. Mm. That's my imparting wisdom. An object in motion stays in motion. So you want to go in the right way like that you if you can life can sweep you along beaut so where can we find you katie uh so my internet name is katie draws so it's on twitter and instagram i'm katie draws and the good ship illustration we're mostly on instagram so that's at the good ship illustration and we run a free art club every friday so we go live on instagram and we all draw together and it's it's dead fun it's 8 p.m uk time Four or five a.m. Japan won't be there. <laughs> yeah. You'll be asleep, hopefully. But yeah, we upload we upload the replays and everything because there's a lot of people whose kids aren't asleep yet, or they whatever for whatever reason they can't attend live. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So thank you so much, Katie. That was like beyond my wildest dreams of what could have come out of this. I mean, we've been on such a a um a trip and you were so generous with everything you've shared with us here katie um and so i yeah just really generous with your stories i appreciate you so much um and just this incredible journey through your life and my, my, the one thing that i've really noted down from this is i can just invent things and do them and that's what you've done you've just invented things done them um, created these beautiful places and I mean there are so so many ways to lead a life Katie's is one I'm so happy that you've allowed me to tell your story today it's just fascinating I'm going to be having a good think about this when I get off the uh, off the phone and lie on my sofa and <laughs> and just like digest all, all that came in there um, thank you so so much Katie well thank you so much for having me it's been fun okay I can't believe all the things I talked about you don't really think about your own life do you until someone asks and you're like no oh, and that's why and I even think that it's better than spoon feeding people some kind of coaching you know obviously I flag a few things along the way there Katie but it's I I don't want to spoon feed the coaching stuff to people too much because I think that the juice and the richness comes out of the story itself and out of listening to somebody like yourself talking about all the twists and turns that your life has taken and the trauma and the tragedies and the you know and the the psychologies and the therapies and the <laughs> and the parents and all that stuff it's just I think it's very I don't know if you even want to say inspiring it's something more it's something quieter than that to me it's more like like you said if somebody had said to you a few years ago that an illustrator can earn over a hundred thousand pounds there may be something in this this story that makes somebody go oh all right 
so this isn't it like if if I fail to go to the open mic night when I'm 13 that's not it it's not mm. we're not done here or whatever piece of this story really speaks to people I, I just think it's fantastic and who knows what happens next I can't wait to see so anyway I, I'm going to keep this bit in because it's just nice and spontaneous and uh yeah thank you thank you so much and you can find me at sarahferuya.com I'm Sarah Feruya from Sarah Feruya Coaching and um this episode will air in January and um so this will be our new year episode which will be really fun really really fun and also today is December 10th 2020 month 10 of the covid coronavirus so whenever you're listening or watching this that's where we are now and it is what it is thank you everyone for listening and thank you katie thank you see you later thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the sarah Furuya legends podcast hop over to sarahferuya.com where you can find the full complement of uh, legends interviews and conversations also you can like and subscribe over on itunes or wherever you find your podcasts i absolutely love these interviews and these conversations i have with these people i don't care about subscribers if i'm absolutely honest it just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Buoyed up by the stories of these people, I would call them ordinary, they're not. But these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Faruya Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Faruya Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks. Bye.